Welcome to the STR Data Lab. Hello and welcome to another edition of the STR Data Lab. I'm Jamie Lane, Chief Economist at AirDNA, and I'm joined today by an amazing guest. We have uh, Sean Bruner, the CEO of Avant Stay. Sean, welcome to the pod. Thank you, Jamie. It's great to see you. It's been been a while, and uh, we've been through a, a few fun years, but it's great to see you, and uh, gr- great to be here as well. Yeah, so Sean, we're talking here in mid-September, and we're sort of getting through the busy season of of summer. Where are you at today? Good, good question. I'm actually, I just grabbed my water bottle. So there you got Zion and uh, really good question. We got the backdrop back here. I oh, just wow. figured I'd show you real quick. Uh, <laughs> maybe there's an Avant Stay Zion in the future. Let's put it that way. It's uh, So we did a, a morning sunrise hike this morning at the Overlook, which was just incredible. So we got up there around 6 a.m. It was pitch black. And then the sun came over the mountains and it was, it was special. And then we're doing narrows. I don't know if you've heard of the narrows, but it's the yeah. one where you walk, you know, 10 miles through water with 2000 foot cliffs on either side. So we're excited. National parks are alive and well yesterday. There was probably a two hour line just to get into the park. So don't believe the headline news travel is alive and well. Travel is alive and well, and and we'll talk a little bit about market selection and and maybe it's and markets with the best hikes and and near national parks uh, have, still have a a benefit uh, in today's environment. Yeah, I mean for sure. I think I think you and I have talked about it and and Scott back in the day, but but uh, the national park thesis is powerful. The challenge with national parks is, you know, how do you build it? Where do you build it? Regulatory. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's not as simple as there's a lot of people that want to go to national parks. So go get homes there because there's there's challenges. But that being said, the demand is is truly off the charts. If you look at uh, even hotel ADRs, you know, over yep. the last decade, you know, there's there's low end two three star hotels that go for five hundred a night out here. So pretty pretty compelling thesis. The question is, how do you get in and 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 how do you do it? You know, compliantly. Well, I and mean, for the listener, uh, maybe. Someone that hasn't heard about Avant Stay and hasn't heard who you are, maybe you could start with a bit of background for yourself and sort of walk through the early days of Avant Stay and what inspired you and Ruben to start it. Yeah, absolutely. So, founder and CEO of Avant Stay, we started kind of conceptualizing the idea in 2016. That's when I met uh, AirDNA, and and that's when I met Scott, and and really you know, had a background in, in real estate technology. So always taking technology to kind of, you know, scale and build and create efficiency in real estate businesses. Uh, background also, you know, spent some time on Wall Street. And then we built a couple different SaaS platforms. The last one, we actually, we'd sold to LinkedIn in 2016. So this was kind of on the heels of that. How do you bring a technology, you know, background and passion to hospitality and real estate industry? So we always mm-hmm. thought about it as the intersection between real estate, hospitality, and really the arts, and then blending that with a with a technology platform. When we looked at the space, we said there's 70 multi-billion dollar hotel brands in a $700 billion industry, growing at one to 2%. Uh, when we looked at the short-term rental space back then, I think it was, you probably know better than me, 
but it was probably 80 to 100 billion. I think it's upwards of 200 billion. You know, the funny thing is when you when you look at the mattress industry, it's like six to eight billion and they say it's huge. So I think the, the reality is whatever the number is, it's very large and it's growing at double digits. And so, you know, that gave us kind of a, a eye opener of, okay, there's a $200 billion industry and there's really no brand that exists. And the way that you have to build a short-term rental platform is you have to operate horizontally, right? So a hotel is a vertical operation. And so all the boots are on the ground, housekeeping, room service, maintenance. And so there is a less technology that is needed for a vertical operation than for a horizontal. We actually akin horizontal operation in, in, in short-term rentals, similar to like a DoorDash or an Uber. You have to build a platform and technology that tells you where you need to be, when you need to be there and what you need to do when you get there. And then you also have to kind of put it all under one holistic roof. And so that's what we're building for, for the last you know seven years, I guess now. You know, our, our seed round was raised in 18. So early days was where do we want to fit in? How do we want to fit in there? And then once we had an idea of, of really where we wanted to be, which was the premium segment of short-term rentals to offer this elevated experience of, of premium homes, across the nation, that that's where we kind of settled. And 200 billion, if you kind of run the numbers, uh, similar to hotels growing at 10%, there are going to be 15 to 25 multi-billion dollar short-term rental brands. And I think a lot of people, sometimes when you ask them what their favorite short-term rental brand is, they might say Verbo or, Air, or, or Airbnb. And when you ask them what their favorite hotel brand, you're not hearing Expedia, right? They don't say, you know, Expedia or Kayak or Orbitz is my favorite hotel brand. So kind of the light bulb goes off for folks and, and you start to realize Airbnb is an OTA. It's an online travel agency, same as Expedia. Sure, they are the largest or one of the largest. And I think, you know, you, you, again, you probably know better than me here, but this, they're, the, they're bigger than Hotel, than Marriott, Hyatt, Hilton, IHG, and Wyndham combined from a valuation perspective. So they're massive, but they distribute, right? They don't control the brand and the experience. Certainly the brand, they have a big brand, but they don't control the experience in the home. And, and so that was something that we wanted to do. So we look at it as the same way Amazon has built all of these multi-billion dollar e-commerce companies direct to consumer. We think Airbnb has an opportunity to help support and build multi-billion dollar short-term rental companies. And we want to build a big brand that you can trust, that you have loyalty, that you walk in, we know who you are, uh, we know what, what, what you like. And we have kind of this VIP elevated offering and technology is critical because we operate in 45 markets, about 120 cities. And some of these, some of these markets are 20 to 50 mile radius. And so how do you operationalize, you know, essentially what is a thousands of mini hotels across thousands of miles and still offer an amazing experience. And that's something that we've been able to do. I think we're the highest rated national brand, you know, in the country on, on, on the large OTA platforms. And then we think that the best experience is in terms of booking and stay is, is come direct, right? It's cheaper. It feeds right into our concierge and what we call value added services, all of the amenities. So while we don't, you know, Airbnb and Verbo are some of our biggest partners, same with Marriott Homes and Villas. Uh, we integrate with 60 different OTAs. The reality is if you come direct and you trust the brand, uh, there's something more there for you. There's something more curated and special 
But uh, we're excited about the industry. It's growing, as you know. Uh, it's been growing ever since probably the first day we met. And, um, you know, and the brand is, is becoming uh, relevant. And, and so we're excited about that. And we think the experience is only getting better as we grow. So I'm, I typically think of Avance Day as part of the, the new generation of property management companies. And maybe going back to what you were saying around brands. So, and you think of the big hotel brands, there's there's Marriott, Hilton, and the 30 sub brands they have underneath them. But in reality, and Marriott's not the one that's cleaning the rooms. It's the management companies. It's their operation companies that sort of sit behind behind those. There's then the sort of real estate side that's and the large institutional investors that are buying these properties. So when you think of Avant Stay, sort of what sets you guys apart from other property management companies, other operation companies? What is the special sauce there? Yeah. So it, you know, the the nice the nice thing and the hard thing about hospitality is it's holistic, right? And yeah. so is there one thing? I think if there is one thing, it's it's the experience for the guests, mm-hmm. which then translates to, you know, better reviews, which then translates to higher income for owners and then translates to a better owner experience. And obviously home care is a big part of what we do from a property management perspective. But I think for for people traveling, I always go to, you know, the Marriott's or, you know, the branded platforms for seasons is one of my favorites. Uh, certainly Hilton and Hyatt stay at quite a bit of those. And so when you stay at a branded company, uh, sure, they may not be managing every property, but there's a certain brand standard that is expected and, and, and they have to meet, right? The managers have to meet those and the owners have to design them a certain way. There's reviews from an aesthetic perspective. There's reviews from what is included in those hotels. And so we, we've always looked at this as how do we bring the hotel experience from a branded, trusted, loyalty perspective into the home? We call it hotel in a home, right? And so that is something where I, I would say the short-term rental space historically has really been, you know, how do you, how do you offer a house that is clean and, and, and people have stayed there because great location, you know, maybe it's more affordable, but when you look at where the evolution of the industry has gone, expectations from customers have, have, have risen, right? They've risen to a point where is my fridge stocked? Do I have a chef on Saturday night? Do I have a massage, you know, scheduled in home? So we have an integration with Soothe for massages, Epicurate for chefs, GoPuff for fridge stocking. We have boots on the ground and we're a hyper-local company. So everything we do is with that hyper-local presence in market. And so we have partnerships with all of the major event organizers, all of the concierge and, and kind of, you know, the things to do in those cities, huge discounts, whether it's wineries or hiking or discounts to, you know, ski rentals. And so the way that we wanted to build this was take everything that is, that is kind of baseline, which is have an amazing home, have it be beautifully designed, have it have all of the group components that you want. So, you know, that means, you know, don't have a six person table at a, at a six bedroom house, have it be a 12 <laughs> or 14 person table. And so yeah. it's designed for hospitality. And, and that is a difference, right? And, and the difference is you may design a house for living very different than, than what you're going to do for a group hospitality experience. So you might load it up with, you know, backgammon and shuffleboard and a pool table. And so you're supposed to go out there and not just 
enjoy it from a game perspective, but be able to relax and, and really have the right ambiance and setting. So design from an analog perspective was huge. Design from a digital perspective and that digital experience and those integrations where it's just as easy to get value-added services and amenities into a home as it was to call down to the front desk from a hotel, right? Click to touch through what we call Butler. So that's our mobile application. So I know that this is a longer winded answer of like, why are you different? So we're different because we bring the hotel experience into the home. That's kind of the simple way of thinking about it. But it all starts with the guest because if we create an elevated experience with the guest and take care of the homes, and now owners have direct insight into the homes, right? So they can see everything that's going on. They can see photos. They can see, you know, all of the different vendors and receipts and sign-offs and approvals. So we've been able to automate a lot of this to create not just a better home care program, but with visibility and transparency in real time. And that that's been a big differentiator because because we have multiple we have multiple stakeholders, right? You have you have your guests, you have your homeowners, you have your vendors which are housekeeping and, and, and repairs. You have your city, which is licenses, which we do all licenses. And then you even have neighbors. And, and you know, we, we run a good neighbor policy as well. And so we engage all of our neighbors. It's a big part of being involved with the community. But ultimately, bring the hotel experience in the home, deliver an amazing experience and drive returns for homeowners. That's what we were built to do. And I think that that's where, you know, we've been successful starting with that, the guest, and then supporting the homeowner in a very proactive way. So they know that one of their biggest investments in, the, in, in their, you know, in their family's portfolio is that home. They know that it's being taken care of and that it's generating a high return. You're speaking my language in that when I think of the difference between a luxury property and a, and a premium property, it's not necessarily the finishings or, or how nice the property is. When you think of a hotel, it's the experience. It's the additional staff that's making sure that that stay is exemplary and not just that they have nice soaps or nice linens or the things that are necessarily easy to do. And I can't imagine that providing in a hotel, providing that level experience when you've got everyone in one building, that's one thing. But when you've got that sort of horizontal operation that you're talking about of we've got to provide that experience, but in 20, 30, 40, 50 different homes in a market, like I can't imagine that that's easy. Yeah. I mean, it, it's nothing in this business is easy. And for everybody <laughs> listening, I'm sure, you know, that gives you a little bit of chuckle because it's probably one of the hardest, you know, industries to be in is to serve guests horizontally and maintain, you know, homes. That being said, it gets easier with scale, with density, with partnerships and with great vendors uh, and great teams. And, and, Ultimately, teams in the hyperlocal kind of, you know, in, in boots on the ground is what makes it all run, right? Technology doesn't solve, you know, nearly all the problems, probably solves a very small fraction of them. And so being able to have, you know, exceptional people that are serving the guests and serving the homeowners and great vendors, that's where we, where our focus has really been the last, you know, couple of years is, is scaling that. But you're right. I mean, you know, we have premium linens and I haven't talked about that at all. We have premium you know, soaps, Grown Alchemist is, is our partner. And so we have premium, you know, basics, but I think that that has become kind of, you know, table stakes. And so some of the stuff that we've done is we actually put three to four sets of linens in every home. And then we centralize, you know, housekeeping for a professional, professional clean. 
one of the things that I cannot stand is when I go to a short-term rental and I'm unsure as to whether it was clean professionally. I am somebody who really cares about a super clean house. That is probably number one. And it's also probably the more, you know, if not one of the most, you know, certainly up there, uh, challenging parts of the business is to make sure that you have an institutionally branded, professionally cleaned house, right? Marriott, I don't know if there's every ever a time where I've walked into a Marriott hotel room and haven't felt like it was exceptionally clean. So that's where the brand I think comes into play. And if you jump to value added services and concierge before you get the basics, which is make sure you have soaps, make sure you have dishwasher, paper towels, toilet paper, linens, all of the kind of high end premium, you know, shampoo and conditioner. And obviously all of the games and the ancillary items that you need to create, you know, that great experience. Once you have that, which again, very hard to do, and then great fenders, everything works. So we do what's called a post-stay home inspection and then a pre-stay home inspection. So we inspect it after a guest leaves and then before the guests get there, every single step. That's hard to do. And it's much easier to do at scale. But a pre-stay is important because just because somebody, you know, after a clean checked it doesn't mean that there aren't leaves in the pool or there's not sand from blown in from, you know, the beach into, into the front yard. So you do want to get that last check before a guest shows up. It's absolutely critical. And a lot of this stuff does get solved with, you know, density, with scale, with technology. But I think most importantly, nail the table stakes, and then you can start to layer on all of the additional kind of perks. Nobody cares that their fridge is stocked if their house is dirty, right? And, and, and so that's where, and you'd be surprised. I mean, there are a lot of homes where people show up and, you know, a lot of, you know, uh, houses that we take over where, where, you know, five to 10% of, of the stays just didn't get clean. And that's one star review. And I think we all know that there's a extreme alignment with homeowners and guests to create not just a great experience, but to have a, an amazing review. And so that alignment across the industry is powerful. And speaking about metrics, when you mentioned review, like what would you say are the most important sort of performance indicators that you guys are measuring at Avant Stay? Is it is it just profits? Is it guest reviews? Like, well, well, certainly what, not what? profits. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I'm happy to report we are profitable now, which is great. But we also raised uh, a lot of money to get there, right? To get to get to a scale where we could build enough around team infrastructure, operations technology, platform, product, partnerships to where we could feel comfortable being profitable. And so we're there now and still growing very fast. But I think it's really hard to get to where we're at unless you're unprofitable at the start. And unless you sacrifice a lot up front to be able to... Now, that being said, we partner and acquire local managers. Some of the partnerships and, and managers that we acquire are just exceptional. Now, they're operating in one region or a couple regions. So a little bit different than running a national platform where you have loyalty and partnerships and, and there's additional perks, both for homeowners and guests to be a part of that community and that platform. But you can do, you know, some, some of these companies are, you know, off the chart. We just launched Port Aransas, Texas, which is, um, you know, a new market for us. And we've launched it and we're at, you know, 4.95. I think it's 4.92 stars is where we're at in that market. So as far as what do we measure for you know performance, there's probably around 70 or 80 KPIs. 
that mm-hmm. we won't get into on this call. I think that <laughs> a high level, you know, and, and that's part of being able to operationalize around a platform is be able to have real time analytics and information for how is the team doing? How are they feeling? Uh, how are the homeowners feeling? How are the guests feeling? So the easiest way to do that is usually MPS, net promoter yep. score. And I think a lot of people know what that is, but um, maybe you can even you know, send around an NPS kind of brief, but it, or you type it into Google. It's, it's pretty straightforward, but it's essentially how many people are promoters of the brand, of the company, of the house, of the stay. And so that our, our NPS right now is higher than Ritz and Ritz and Four Seasons are the two highest. So we are in the top three of any brand, hospitality brand in the country. And we're about 40 points higher than Airbnb, uh, significantly higher than, than most of, you know, uh, most of the other kind of national managers, at least from what's been reported. And so you run an NPS on the guests, you run an NPS on the owner. How is owner sentiment? How are they feeling? Because guest is you get great, great reviews, you get great income, uh, from an owner and, and, you know, revenue management capability is a big part of that, but you know, how's the owner feeling about you taking care of their house? That's a big part of it. How are they feeling about the transparency and the proactive approach that you have to informing them about what's going on in their house? How are the expenses, right? To be able to manage the house. So owner NPS is huge. And then employee NPS, right? Or, you know, a lot of companies overwork, you know, it, it, you know, folks, and it's, it's hard, you know, this is a hard business, right? And, yep. and I'm not saying that we don't, you know, we, we are very aware and cognizant by no means am I saying that we're, you know, we're perfect there because we're, we're not even close because it is a hard business. I mean, we, we all work really hard, but we care about it. Uh, we enjoy it and it's fun to be in hospitality most of the time, but yeah, uh, employee MPS is key because if you don't have happy em- employees in, in hospitality, how do you expect the guests to kind of, you know, feel that energy? Um, so those are the three big ones. And then uh, from an internal score perspective, but then you want to look at Superhost on Airbnb, you know, premium partner on Verbo. Those are two big ones, which we are. Uh, and then you can look at all the other scores, whether it's Marriott Homes and Villas, uh, will be one of the preferred partners for Capital One's new platform. Uh, but there's, you know, there's 60 different, you know, platforms that we directly integrate to get maximum distribution, marketing, exposure. Uh, and then our, our, our top platform is coming direct right, is, is booking direct. But but that is really governed by by NPS, uh, which is a proxy for reviews, right? That's a proxy for how reviews come in. But I think we all know too that a one-star review on Airbnb takes you 19 five-stars to get to a 4.8, which is super awesome. So yep. you could have a one-star review because a hurricane came through Palm Springs and there's a leak in the roof. Uh, is that you know, your fault. So that's why I think it's so incredible for all those that are super hosts, just hats off because it's just amazing how we can all operate at such a high level with all of the headwinds that are really not in our control. You know, the HVAC unit goes out and it's 110 degrees in Palm Springs. That's not something now, obviously maintenance and things are required, but sometimes things happen. And so we have backup HVAC units. We have backup fridges when fridges go out in storage. So we try to solve for the unknown through, you know, some of the, the, the kind of backup measures, but we've also learned a lot. I mean, it's, it's, we've had, I think over a million guests, million and a quarter guests and, you know, three or 400,000 stays, you learn a lot through experience and you never know what you don't know. Right. We had Fort Myers 
you know, uh, sadly get wiped out by a hurricane last year. We just dealt with a uh, hurricane in that came through Southern California. We had fires in Napa and Sonoma and Lake Tahoe. Uh, we just, you know, dealt with sadly, you know, fires in Maui. And, you know, that's a GoFundMe maybe that we can, we can send around for, for folks thereafter. But, you know, there are hospitality is really hard, but, and so you have to like genuinely care so much about it to be able to weather the quote unquote storms. Uh, but, but I, it, it's, it is amazing. How hospitality also brings together these communities in, in a yep. very meaningful way. And so that's something that I just, you know, I, I do love being a part of that, but man, is it, you know, you, you just get, you know, left, right, uppercut, pandemic, hurricane, fires. It, it's it's not for the faint of heart, so to speak. It's an ever-evolving business, uh, ever uh, a new challenge every day uh, sort of opportunity. Uh, and, we, and we'll definitely uh, share that link uh, in the show notes. Uh, wanted to maybe move back to something you mentioned at the beginning and, and sort of midway talking about I'm, partnerships, talking about real estate. I feel like one of the the big industry news in 2022 was were you guys raising half a billion dollars uh, with a partner to deploy uh, into and growing your supply, I think is what it was. Can you talk a little bit about that and how that's worked out, how you guys are able to leverage that into growing more and sort of what the future growth looks like? Yeah, absolutely. So we raised that money last year in Q1 and we bought a lot of real estate with that partner. So Avant Stay is all asset light. All we do is we have a technology platform. We manage people's homes, whether that's a institutional prop co-partner or mm-hmm. whether that is an individual homeowner, right? That Our business is really, you know, build a brand, build technology products so we can create efficiency and, and higher returns. And, and how do we generate high returns for said homeowner, whether that's an individual homeowner or an institution. So with, with that particular fund, uh, they acquired a lot of real estate early last year, and then interest rates went from 2% to 7%, I think we're at now. Yeah. Uh, I think the last 30 days, it's been above 7%, which is you know, the highest it's been in, I think, 25 plus years. So mm-hmm. that is impacting you know, people's ability to deploy capital, right? And, and so the one thing I would say is we are seeing prices come down in a lot of markets, and demand has outpaced that pricing drop. So when you look at most markets, let's say, you know, let's say a market is off like three to 5% in terms of rev par, what we call rev pars, ADR times occupancy. So, you know, if it's off three to 5%, but if the market value to acquire an asset drops 10%, the yield on that asset, yield on cost, unlevered, goes up. And that's, that's important because I think most asset classes today, multifamily, SFR, you know, they're buying at five caps and debts at, you know, 6%, right? So they're buying negatively levered assets and they're counting on rent growth to outpace the the negative levers that they have. So they're taking on debt at a higher price than the cash flows are, they're, they're going to create banking on rents to continue to go up. That That's fine, but it is, in my view, a riskier approach to deploying capital as opposed to when you look at the short-term rental space, if you can find the right place with the right regulatory environment, regulation is very important for our industry. It's critical because that's how you define asset classes and, and whether it's office, retail, SFR, multifamily, industrial, 
These are defined asset classes because there's regulation and zoning and entitlements that actually support the ability to deploy capital in the space. So we are big fans of of, of regulation, of, of smart and intelligent regulation. That that's a that's a caveat and an important one. So if you can if you have regulation, then you know what, you know, at least what supply can be and and you can you can run data and as a as the head of head economist probably in our industry, you know, you know that that's probably the most important factor to unlock capital for individuals and institutions. I, I think there's a few different ways. Regulation is a big part and then landlock. So if you're, you know, if you're three or four blocks from the beach and there's no more lots, there's only so many homes within five blocks of the beach. So you can at least run analysis from a regulatory and a landlock perspective against what demand trends are. So I think funds largely have been much slower to deploy, right? And we also have a, a very large development fund where we want to build ground up purpose built communities. So in some areas we want to take you know, homes out of neighborhoods and put them into communities where not only is it better for neighbors, cities, small businesses bringing, bringing tax revenue, but it's also better for the guests because now you can build in clubhouses and you can do it purpose built with ensuite and experiences and games and bocce ball courts and pickleball courts. Pickleball, by the way, is like, I guess the fastest growing sport in the world. Um, so I, I got to get good at that. But, you know, you can create a better experience for them and for the owners from a return perspective. So we're doing a lot in that space. We have a number of projects that are ongoing that are being built. We're expecting to deliver over a thousand purpose built homes over the next, you know, two to three years. Um, so that that that's an exciting development on our end. But I think ultimately, once we have a view on interest rates, once we have an idea of when this stops, uh, you know, then I think it's easier to kind of deploy again at scale. Now you could dip your toes in and, and I think you'll be, t- you'll be fine, but to, you know, back the truck up, so to speak. And what we saw was supply growth was so huge post pandemic because individual homeowners were buying so many assets and flipping them to STRs. So supply went through the roof in a lot of areas, Smoky Mountains, Scottsdale. These are areas where supply increases in some cases outpace demand. And so the the Airbnb hashtag that's going around is actually, in my view, completely false, right? Because just because, you know, Airbnb revenue on a single house went down five or 10% does not mean that that market didn't go up 30 to 50%. It just might mean that supply increased by 40 to 60%. And, and so that's what we've been seeing is supply increases. Now, over the last year, supply has been somewhat muted. There are some people towards the end of last year that added supply and inventory to the market. But since then, you don't have tens of thousands of short-term rentals being bought every month because it doesn't pencil. 7 8% interest rates uh, make it more challenging to pencil you know, returns. I still think there are a ton of opportunities out there, mm-hmm. but it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's more challenging against a 7% interest rate environment versus three or four. And the yeah. supply is tight. As you know, like there's not a lot of homes on the market. Yep, supply's tight. Uh, there's not a lot of new investment growth, and we we are still seeing supply grow. And we're as an industry up 13 percent year over year, not nearly the 25 percent growth we were seeing last year. But with the sort of higher costs, I do think there's more and more people maybe thinking about short-term rentals to offset the cost uh, than in the past. And maybe not a, a great opportunity for an Avant stay that's looking over to take over the 
entire uh, asset, but for someone to rent out occasionally, absolutely. Yeah, that's true too. And if I can ask you one question, what is the total revenue, you know, from the industry year over year? Is that up or down? It's way up. So that, like, that that's kind of my point, right? Yeah. And, and I think I knew the answer to that. Uh, <laughs> so I led the witness a little bit, but like if, yeah. if the total revenue in the industry is way up, what kind of bus are we talking about? There is no bus. It's massively up and Airbnb is way up too. And if you look at their stock price, they're still the largest hospitality company in the world. So, you know, it is a false narrative. And the way that at least managers can be successful is not worry about per house income as much. Now that's critical for returns. And that's what we're built to do is drive yep. the highest ROI on an asset. And we can help, you know, improve it, whether it's let's get a hot tub, let's get a putting green. There's a lot that you can do. Distribution is key, marketing, revenue management. But all that aside, you know, if you increase your supply and the whole entire industry is increasing its total revenue, and as you said, way up, then there's an opportunity for everyone to to build great companies because, you know, there's just there's so much demand for this type of product and experience. Yeah. And and speaking about expansion, we're, we're getting towards the end now of just as you think about market expansion, I know we mentioned regulation, which I'm sure is key. What markets are maybe penciling for I mean, opportunities on Gross Shield, but you're thinking about where Avant Stay is going to go into next, I and mean, whether it's through acquisition of existing property management companies or, or markets that you know your guests are going to. I and mean, how do you think about choosing and then deploying into a new market? Okay. So three questions. I'll, I'll see if I remember them. By the <laughs> uh, good one. So, so I think first, first we touched on this earlier. So regulation and being landlocked, you know, and, yep. and, and kind of corresponding that to demand is a critical part of figuring out where yield exists. So for us, you know, that could be an example might be Destin 38. Now prices have gone way up there or Panama city, but there's still ex yield that exists because you're within four or five blocks from the beach. So even though they're building more units, it's not necessarily, there's not a lot of the lots left by the beach and that's where people want to stay. We just uh, launched Lake Norman is now one of our larger markets. That's in North Carolina being by the lake on the lake right outside of Charlotte. Huge. That market has been tremendous for us. Uh, we love the Southeast. think that there's just a lot of opportunities. Charleston, Isle of Palms, Folly Beach has, has been you know, some of our, our greatest success. In, in those markets in Charleston, in all those markets actually have a, a lot of regulation. And then the islands have a lot of, you know, they're landlocked as well. There's, there's no land left to build there. I think, you know, areas where you have to be careful would be like Joshua Tree because there's an unbound amount of land that you can build. Uh, Smoky Mountains, incredible demand upside, total market, but you can build and there's hundreds of homes that are being built in that area. So, question there is you really have to have a, a strong viewpoint on demand and where that's headed and can demand outpace, you know, whether it's development or, you know, kind of changing from a long-term rental to a short-term. And so how much supply exists in the pockets that are regulated? A lot of people don't know this, but Smoky Mountains are regulated. There are areas where you can operate and cannot. Scottsdale would be another market where I would be very careful, right? Because if you look at the amount of supply that has increased in that market and the relatively light regulation, uh, it makes it challenging to have a viewpoint against the demand. Whereas Scottsdale historically has been incredible on a per asset basis. Where are we going? Um, I think everywhere. No, 
but it's, <laughs> it's, I, I think at a, at a, at a national level, we want to be in drive to destination markets outside of major metropolitan areas. So we'll be launching Poconos soon. Um, that's a big area. New Orleans will be launching soon. Uh, mm-hmm. I think we want to have a bigger presence in Florida. We're already in Fort Lauderdale, Destin, Panama city, but we'd like to expand there. We think it's a tremendous opportunity. Uh, again, Southeast is big. We love the Blue Ridge Mountains. I don't know if, uh, if you've ever been there, but but just tremendous opportunities in the Blue Ridge Mountains. We are yep. uh, one of the larger uh, managers and brands in Texas now. So Port A, Port Aransas, Texas, South Padre Island, Austin, Texas. Uh, it's been exciting to see the growth there. California is where we started. Mm-hmm. And it's a great, obviously, it's one of the best places in the world, but you know, and, 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 and we continue to expand there. We're in Big Bear, Temecula, San Diego, Palm Springs, the full Coachella Valley, Joshua Tree, as I mentioned, Lake Tahoe, Sonoma, Napa. And so there's always going to be opportunities there. Regulation, you have to be incredibly well-oiled and understand the regulation in California. It, it, is, it is the most upside in terms of if you can figure it out, right? There's constant moratoriums, licenses, restrictions, occupancy, headcount restrictions. And so if you understand it and can operate within that, it becomes very powerful. But, you know, again, a challenge. And right here in Zion, I mean, Zion is one of the more regulated areas in in the country. And so if you can figure out how to operate here and work with the city and find out how to get, you know, build or, or get homes in these areas, it can be very powerful. So we would like to continue to expand aggressively in the South and Southeast. And then, you know, there's some areas like Poconos that we want to continue to kind of grow into, but the big, big focus for us is really kind of gaining more density because that creates a better experience in the markets that we're in for homeowners, for guests. Uh, we've brought a lot of vendors in house that end up becoming much, you know, just, just much better in terms of, uh, quality control. And, and, and so that's been very effective for us over time. I think, you know, we want to continue to partner with the best vendors in, in, in any market, but at the same time, but there's opportunities to augment that with our own quality control inspectors, maintenance crews. We've been, we've been uh, very aggressive in, in, in rolling that out. So I think a lot of areas to go. I, I forget the third question. So remind me of the third question, <laughs> but maybe no, I answered it somewhere in that, in that ramble. You did. Last two questions. I'll give you a chance at the end to sort of uh, share to what, where to find you. But AirDNA and uh, Avance Day have both sort of been on this journey with the short-term rental industry. As you mentioned, like $200 billion industry, massive growth. Where do you see it going? And we've got probably the next five years. Last five years have seen massive transformation. The next five years is probably going to be another sort of significant transformation in this industry. So you have any predictions for us on on where it's going? Well, this morning at 6.30, I think I mentioned there was a three-hour line to get into the park. So one thing I know for sure is that travel is not going to slow down. Uh, I think travel is arguably one of the most recession-proof businesses in the world. If you look in the last 75 years, domestic travel through most recessions, actually, I think on average through every recession, is flat to up from a demand perspective. Mm-hmm. International travel is down 15 to 20%, right? So you stop going to, you know, people might stop taking their families to Europe, but they'll still drive out to Palm Springs or Poconos or, you know, Lake Norman. And so it's an affordable way. Now, group travel is also even more affordable. So driving, 
uh, destination close close by, and then being able to split the prices for groups. We're an average of around a thousand dollars a night for like a premium high end short term rental, but seven people, so it's one hundred forty dollars mm-hmm. a person per night. That compared to a five star hotel, which these days outrageous, seen them like a thousand to two thousand dollars a night. A four star hotel is you know six hundred to a thousand a night. Um, so we think it's still the most affordable, recession proof. And even in 2008, 2010, which was the worst recession for domestic travel. Uh, and again, you'd probably know this data better than me, but our data supports that it was down 16%. And mm-hmm. that was a pretty bloody recession. Uh, and I think arguably, you know, this one, if, if we're heading into one would be like, I think it still remains to be seen if we thread the needle and find a soft landing. But where do I see the industry going? I see the industry, you know, building 10 to 20 amazing world-class uh, global hospitality brands. That That's really where I see this going. I think Airbnb has a tremendous amount of opportunity upside and growth ahead. And I think there will be a lot of consolidation because it's a hard business. And I think as you build out loyalty and technology and product, there's a big opportunity to consolidate the space and to elevate the expectations for homeowners and guests and really define what it means to be an asset class. So a real estate asset class so that you're able to go to the bank in Wells Fargo and say, hey, I want to finance a short-term rental. And they go, okay, that, here are the guidelines for a short-term rental. And that's starting to happen. Uh, but that is bringing a brand new asset class to the world, which is really cool in a lot of ways. But you know, it also requires different underwriting standards. I think you can generate a safer return for banks because your what's called DSCR debt service coverage ratio is significantly higher than a long-term rental, right? Because you're doing more income. So the industry is building, you know, big brands, new brands, consolidation, and then continuing to empower the entrepreneur, the local entrepreneur. Uh, I think it's going to be exciting. And, and then a lot of partnerships on what we call the VAS concierge. You got to be figure out how to bring concierge in the house. It's not just a revenue source but it drives the willingness to pay what we call WTP for, yep. you know, the product, right? A, a, a hotel that has, you know, a spa is going to, is going to drive a higher nightly rate than, than a hotel that doesn't. So I, I think that that's where I see the industry going is continuing to just really expand and boom and, and, and lots of great companies coming out of it. Well, cheers to that. Do you agree? Definitely. <laughs> I definitely believe it. And it's something we talk about a lot on just the growth in travel, the growth in just people wanting to spend their money on experiences, uh, less on things and that. And the short-term rental industry is very well poised to sort of capture a greater and greater share of how people travel in the future. So Sean, thank you so much for joining. Uh, where can people find you? Where can people find Avance so just www.avantstay.com. If you're a homeowner, we'd love to talk to you. If you are a guest, you can feel free to book there. Uh, you also find us on all the distribution platforms as, as well. Uh, and then you can go to, you know, any of our social, whether it's LinkedIn, uh, just add Avantstay on, on social media, TikTok, add Avantstay, Instagram, add Avantstay. And one plug for AirDNA. I think we have been Using the platform since 2000, I know we have since 2016. You've been one of our biggest supporters, partners. We've been, you know, we we just use we use the platform every day, all day. So it, it's it's tremendous. And for those of you that want good data and good insights, uh, there's really no better place 
it really is powerful. And a lot of the underwriting that we do is informed not just by our portfolio, but by the data that AirDNA has. And boy, has it just become a very easy to use platform. I mean, it's just, I'm in there weekly and it is amazing to see all the product and innovation that you guys have done. So massive congrats to you guys, because it is a an incredible product that you guys have built and it is very useful and powerful. Well, we appreciate it. We have a we had a great founder CEO that gave us the vision, and I've heard about uh, we're that just, guy. <laughs> we're just trying to continue to execute on it. So, uh, again, thanks, Sean, and thanks everyone for listening in. Yeah.